Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Mark 10 45 says to me that um, I feel like Jesus came to uh, the earth to basically serve and set an example for us as uh, as humans to to serve others and um, what would the world be today if we um, didn't serve others and we only served ourselves um, it would be total chaos so I think he set that example and I think that's what we need to do uh, is to serve others. On May 13, 2010, I got the news that no parent would ever want to get. My son, Perry Ward, 17 years old, was in a car accident. All I could think about at that moment was rushing to his side, so I rushed to the hospital as fast as I could get there. My husband was out of town at the time, so I left my three children at the time crying, and out the door I went. I got to the hospital. I was waiting for the ambulance to get there. The ambulance never arrived because the ambulance went straight to the funeral home. My son, Perry Ward, had died instantly in the accident. After the loss of my son, my world was crumbling around me, and I knew that I needed to pick myself up for my family, my husband, my children. Um, in, August of, uh, in August of 2010, I got a phone call from another mother. Um, she said she got a phone call, or she said she got my phone number from another, uh, from another lady and thought that we could talk. And she had just lost her son in July. We got on the phone and we talked for over two hours that night. After I got off the phone with her that night, I told my husband I had never felt better. And I know that sounds odd to a lot of people, but for me, it was like talking to somebody that, um, that I had known my entire life. It was ta like talking to a soul sister because she had experienced the same loss as me. She had lost her son in July of 2010. So from there, I knew that a group of parents that had lost children uh, needed to be started and formed. And from there, that was my goal to do, is to start a group for parents that uh, had lost children. The two ways I've seen God work in my life since uh, this this tragedy has occurred is when I first start, wanted to start this support group, uh, I had a lady that was very qualified to help me uh, that had gone through a similar loss and I had begged her for a month to basically just give me a month to help me and she was like, no, 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 I don't want to, um, I, you know, it's not something I really want to do and I said, just give me a month and she said, okay, I'll give you a month, I'll give you a month and now five years later, she's still by my side uh, and she said that it has helped her more than she could ever imagine and she could never imagine not doing it. So I've seen God work mighty in her life. The other thing, uh, right after uh, Perry passed away, and I don't know who gave it to me, but I was given a, a, a cross made of olive wood um, that you hold in your hand, and it just meant so much to me. So that's, a, that's something that I've started doing for parents, too, that have lost a child, is basically giving them crosses to hold after they've lost a child that I can get to them and um, 
to give them that peace and that presence of God in their life. My name is Wendy Chandler, and I choose to serve others by leading a support group for parents who have lost children. Well, good morning. We are in week three of this series called Extraordinary. Uh, when I asked Wendy to share that, uh, that, interview, that testimony, she said, I would love to, but I'm not going to be there because she's living a life of service right now, working out at Camp Tiger on the Chrysalis flight with 36 high school girls out there growing closer to the Lord. I think we've got 10 or 12 of our, of our girls out there on the walk this weekend, and a lot of our folks, you see these empty, ro- <laughs> these empty seats here, um, and they're out at Camp Tiger on a great spiritual weekend growing closer to the Lord. I think about uh, Wendy's example of service. And today we're talking about this idea of extraordinary service. Because see, you and I can probably, because of our intellect and our ability and our experience and these kinds of things, we could go and do something right now. I could send you out of here at 12 o'clock and say, go do something great. Go do something good. And you could go out and you could do something. Uh, You could fund something. You could help somebody. You could do something. But apart from Christ, apart from the presence of God working through us and in us into that act, into that service, it's, it's really nothing more than just community service. It's not extraordinary service, it's just, a, it, it's just a nice human gesture to another human being. But see, God comes on the scene through Jesus Christ, and it's amazing to think about when we actually stop and consider that God shows up through Jesus Christ... And he does a work, not just through Jesus, but then that work gets imparted to you and me, and he does it through all of us who call ourselves sons and daughters, and he allows us to work and to act and to serve in his name. And suddenly that that human act becomes an extraordinary act. As we're in this 90-day challenge, we start at the beginning of the year, as J.D. told you, we're leading up to Easter, reading through the New Testament this week, one of, our, one of our chapters was in Mark chapter 10, and I want us to focus in on one verse in this one chapter, and I want us to look at today in regard to the idea of extraordinary service. And here's what the verse says. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so Wendy's testimony, I think about this, though it's born out of excruciating pain, out of this tremendous loss, it's an extraordinary example of choosing to serve others and not merely being served. Because in talking with her, she said right off the bat, I needed something. I needed to be served. In that moment, in that time frame of my life, I needed to be served. You know, you read in the scriptures where it says when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there is not a deeper place, there is not a deeper valley I think you could find in this earth that you and I live on that is deeper than the loss of a child. And so in that time, in that place, she needed to be served. And that, that's, that's okay. But what I love about how she tells her story is that out of that deep valley, she realized there was a need to serve. 
She realized that there were others that were going to need to be served. And in her deep valley, she had to really search and hunt to find someone to walk alongside of her. And she wanted to serve. And to me, that is extraordinary. It's not just a human gesture. It's an extraordinary God gesture, an act of service. And so, and I was thinking about this, you know, because you and I live in this time, you know, because we have everything at the touch of, a, of an iPad, of a phone. Everything is, is uh, available to us. And, and I'm guilty of this. I am, I, am, I am number one primary suspect in, in regard to this because I have this knack, this habit of, of I receive not the best, you know, information. You know, you get the news feed updates and, and the plane crashed and, and, and this happened and, and, and somebody passed away. I mean, how many people have, you know, famous people have already, you know, died in 2016. You know, you get these news feeds on your phone, you know, it vibrates, you pull it out and go, oh, oh. And we, we see things, we get information that's not the best. And this is what I do. I have a tendency to do this. I feel for a moment and then I scroll or swipe you know, or maybe you're sitting at your computer. And, and this has become my reaction to bad things, to horrible things, to painful things. Just the swipe or the scroll. And so I feel maybe for a little bit, but I find myself over and over again never really acting, being called to a life of service. And, and I don't know if you can relate to that. I, I think some of us probably can admit that, that that's, we feel that sometimes, you know, that... that you know, oh, oh, okay, now I'm going to go to something else. And so we feel it until the next thing comes along, until the next time we go, oh. But we weren't just called to feel. You know, thank God, and I mean that literally, thank God that we are not just supposed to be driven by our emotions. That God calls us to a life of service, that God calls us to a life that, re that involves action, and he exemplified that in Mark 10, 45 through his son Jesus. Because what did Jesus do? Does it say that he just showed up and, and said a lot of really great things and they were so great that they decided to use red ink when they put it in the Bible? Everything else just gets black ink, but wow, this is so awesome. Let's put this in red and let's, and yay, that's nice. That's very pleasant, thank you. That's not why God sent Jesus. Jesus came, and if you look at this verse, he came not to be served, but to serve others. We're going to look at that in a minute. But here's the part I want you to see at this moment. And to give his life as a ransom. See, you know, again, this is something I just kind of gloss over. Maybe I've, maybe I've been a follower of Jesus so long that I've just kind of glossed over this fact that I want to remind myself and you of today, and it is this. There is a price on our head. There is a price on each and every one of us. And, and the, only, the only amount that, that, will, that will satisfy the price, the only thing is a, is, a, is, a, is a death, is a shedding of blood. It sounds so weird. If someone were to come in here and say, explain Christianity to me, it's, it's like, what? Because of a life of sin that we are born into, a price has been placed on us, and Jesus paid the price. Let me just say that again. See, we, we just kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus paid the price for you. 
He ransomed you. And without this ransom being paid, we're in trouble. Jesus brings life. He came to serve us, not merely to be served. And so, you know, I think about this, that sometimes I just feel, but I'm called to a life of action. I'm called to a life of service. Jesus exemplifies this. He didn't just hover in the clouds for 30-something years. No, his feet were on the ground. He wasn't there in some angelic, glowing, white-robed form with a bright light behind him saying nice things, but not really being able to relate to us. No, his feet were on the ground, and he felt what we felt, and he experienced what we experienced, and he understands the valley of the shadow of death. And so when Wendy and Perry Sr. and the rest of the family were in that place, Jesus was there with them. And he calls us to a life of service. We are not meant to be on this earth just to have experiences and, and, and check them off a list. You know, get married, you know, graduate, get married, have children. You know, the list that we have and go, yes, this is my life. My life is full. My life is meaning something because I'm checking off these life events. That's not what our life is for. Her life is meant to be lived as an example of the love of Jesus Christ, of God through Jesus Christ for the world. And Jesus came to set that example. He, he exemplified a life of service. He came, first of all, he paid a ransom. We need to be reminded of that. Secondly, I, I've already uh, alluded to this. But he said that he, he did, he did give, he, he gave his life for us, and then he shows us how to live. He shows us in his living how we are to live. It is an example for us to follow. It is sacrificial. It is selfless. It, it, is, it is an extraordinary way to live. And so Jesus says to those of us who follow him, you are called to a life that looks different. You are called to a life that looks different. I tried to explain this at the, at the 9.30 service. I will try to do it again and not be confusing. I have a reset, and, and I think all of us do. I think all of us human beings that draw breath in our lungs and exhale it back out, we have what I would call a reset, kind of like on your computer or, you know, when, when something broke, you know, is broken, you, you can reset it. And it kind of goes back maybe to the factory settings. And there's a battle that's always going on in my life, and maybe yours too, between the flesh and the Spirit of God. And, and, and as I stand here today and talk to you about living a life of service in the name of Jesus, I'm talking about living a life that is enabled and, and breathed into by that, that Holy Spirit presence working in our life. But see, if I'm choosing just to do my own thing, I'm going to the reset. I'm just going to the reset. I'm going back to the natural. I'm going back to the, the person who has not uh, acknowledged the ransom that has been paid for my life. And so, yeah, I might be able to do something, and it looks pretty good. I might be able to help somebody out, and it might be nice. It might be helpful. It might help that person in a time of need, but it's just me. It's just, it's just a human thing. It's that community service. See, you and I have the opportunity to be driven by, to be inspired by, to be breathed into by the Holy Spirit presence of God because of what Jesus Christ has done. He's paid the ransom for you and me so that we can live a life 
of service to one another. He is, Jesus has shown us this. He, he has given us the example of how to live. Mark 10, 45 also shows us this, that, 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 that we need to be able to trust Jesus to serve us, which, just pause there for a minute. Because in, in, the, in the me age that we're in, in the give me, give me, give me, this almost sounds like it's, we're speaking to that, and saying, yeah, just let Jesus serve you. It almost sounds sacrilegious. It almost sounds blasphemous to say, hey, let Jesus serve you. But unless we let Jesus serve us, we're saying, I got this. I got this. I don't need you. I, I'm smart enough. I'm talented enough. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm experienced enough. I can do this. I don't need you, Jesus. You don't need to serve me. But Mark 10.45 says the purpose of Jesus coming was to serve, to serve us, to pay the ransom, to pay the price, so we don't have to live in that life of flesh, but we can actually be, be taken over by the Holy Spirit of God to live a life of fullness and completeness. So we need to be able to trust Jesus to serve us. What does that look like? You know, I think about this. Um, you know, you read passages that talk about laying down your life for another. You, you read, think about in marriages with, with a husband and a wife and, and, and say, okay, you trust Jesus to serve you in your marriage. And that means you're saying, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to, to help me to love my spouse more than I love myself. You know, parents... When, when you're walking through a hard time with, with, with your child, a difficult time in your life, you let Jesus serve you in that time. Let him walk alongside of you. Let him hold you. Let him lead you. Let him be Lord. Let Jesus serve you. And, and it almost sounds counterintuitive to, to the life of a Christian because, you know, he's not the, the genie in the bottle, but he came to serve us. And if we don't let him serve us, then we're doing it on our own. And it's just good works. See, Christianity is not about, hey, if you work hard enough and if you do enough great things that when you get to the pearly gates, maybe you'll have enough gold stars that they'll let you in. That's not the life of Christianity. No, the life of a follower of Jesus is someone who realizes, I need help, like eternal help. And, and I'm recognizing that Jesus has actually come to pay a price for me. And I'm going to let him pay that price. And then I'm going to trust him to walk with me in life. And then I want to serve others the way he has served me. That's the Christian life. This is what Mark 10.45 says. There's another point in, in this verse I think is important to note and it kind of comes full, full circle now because we realize that the, the ransom has been paid. He has, he has paid a price for us. He, he shows us how to live by his, his life and he's come to serve us. By recognizing this, the full circle is now, now that we can trust Jesus and when we trust him to serve us, what we're actually doing is we're exalting him when we choose to serve in his name. We're not pointing the, the bright lights at us. You know, we're not going to get, get one of those big arrows that light up and have it blinking towards us. Hey, look what I did. No, it, it's, it's, it's pointing at Jesus. 
Because what happens is when we, when we serve like Jesus, people will see our lives. And, and trust me when I say that, that um, there's a lot of, it's very evident to me in my life when the Holy Spirit of God is working in me and when it's just me. And maybe you don't notice it. I might be able to trick you a little bit. I might be able to hide it from you a little bit. But I know in my heart, I know in my heart of hearts when it's the Holy Spirit of God working and when it's just me. We, we need to let him move in our lives. He's, he's paid the price for us. He's given us the example of how to live. And now we can follow that example. And by doing so, we're not exalting ourselves. We're exalting him. In the message version of Mark 10.45, it says this, uh, very similar, but there's two words in there I want to I wanna point out. That is what the Son of Man has done. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for many who are held hostage. See, that's us before, before we come to know Christ. We're held hostage. We're, we're in bondage. But here are these two words I want to think about today in regard to extraordinary service, living a life of extraordinary service that is, that is not on our own, that's not of our own doing. It's independence on God, and it's those two words right in the middle, and it says, and then. And then. It's because this is what Jesus has done, this is why he came, and then. And then. I think about Wendy's story and taking out the, the, um, the group that was started to help walk alongside of parents who have lost a child and just to, and just to encapsulate just the, the story of, of that day and that, that time in their life. It's a, it's a heart-tugging story. You know, I, I see people, you know, wiping tears from their eyes when they hear that story. But there's an and then to their story. There's an and then that happened after that deep, dark valley of the shadow of death. There's an and then. And the and then, she said it at the end, my name is Wendy Chandler, and I'm living a life of service by by having a support group for parents who have lost their children. There's an and then. And so what I, what I bring today, what I, I hope you consider today, what I, what I hope that you will see today out of Mark chapter 10, verse 45, is that there is an and then in our lives. And it doesn't have to come out of the horrible tragic moments it, it can come out of of the glorious moments it can come out of the mundane moments but if we call ourselves followers of jesus christ we realize that we have been ransomed that there was a price and it had to be paid and jesus paid it if we understand that he has set an example for how we are to live a life that is in service to others, if we understand this, if we recognize it in him and realize we are called to that same life, 
And if we let him serve us, meaning we, we let him be the one who empowers us, we let him be the one who leads us, if we're, if we're doing all these things, folks, then the and then is possible. And it's not just community service. It's extraordinary service. Because it's Jesus working in and through us for his glory. You and I have that opportunity today to, to live that out, to live out the and then. You know, maybe you want to call it the so what. We have that opportunity. Let's pray together. Pray that right now in this moment that you would... Lord, I pray right now you're actually affirming some people who have, who have feel... They, they recognize their, their dependence on you. They recognize their place in your kingdom. They understand all this. And they've been praying about the and then. And I pray, Lord, right now you are affirming that, Lord. I pray that, you're, that you are... Um, that you are affirming the, the call, the, 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 the vision that you have given to them. Father, and then there's others of us that are going, what, there's an and then, there's more? And first of all, we say thank you for that. The second of all, Lord, I pray that you would make us all hypersensitive to your Holy Spirit's leading so that we would, we would be looking. Lord, the, 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 the reality is that the and then might be right in front of us and we have failed to see it. Lord, I pray that, that, that none of us would walk out here today and, and, and not realize there is an and then in this journey of faith. That you call us to a life of extraordinary service, not just good works for a gold star. You call us to a life of extraordinary service because that's what your son Jesus did. Or would you continue to, to minister to us together the rest of this morning and, and as we leave that, that we go back to Mark 10, 45 and we read it again and we, we let your spirit minister to us as we look at that, Lord, so that we see our purpose in your kingdom is so much more than occupying a seat for an hour each week. Christ, we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.